Yes. Uh, welcome to Big Conversations by Ordinary People Podcast. I thought it was Big Conversations by Little People, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong about the title. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's yeah, a pleasure yeah. to be yeah, here. But it's an honor to, to accept our invite. Yeah. We, we call people and they tell us, no, you guys are too small for me. I'm waiting for a bigger brand. <laughs> well, to be fair, you need to understand. Uh, everyone's about their brand. Yeah, I mean, true. I know it, 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 true, it, it true. may come off as a bit dicky yeah. but they have their reasons it's something i've learned to accept so. yeah, yeah no, mm. I agree. it's not I, in a bad way yeah, yeah i agree i mm. agree i yeah usually we also try to get people who are willing to accommodate our brand as it is so when we bring people and they be like are we going to shoot from uh, hotel african we're like yeah maybe you're not our guest <laughs> <laughs> well truth be told there is such a thing as too soon mm, true, true. but you guys have beaten the podcast cast the, the one of they never go beyond yeah. five episodes yeah, three episodes three yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, probably yeah. even less than that yeah and i always give props to hard work man so well i done. i agree i agree no that's uh i say we have uh again it's a team thing but we mm. have uh the guy who's producing this mark the guy keron uh yeah yeah he, he the juice really, guy yeah former juice exactly guy. yeah yeah like this guy yeah he has really put in his uh everything to make mm. sure this thing stays alive so yeah needs kudos for that props so yeah, uh, how have you been, man? What uh, I know we've been mm. talking before the podcast. I was like, why can't I make this guy keep quiet so we can have all this conversation <laughs> the podcast already? <laughs> oh no, no, I'll have conversation for yeah, hours see, for you. Don't see, don't worry see, about that. So yeah, mm. uh, I just want to know, you know, what's uh, what's up? Uh, so last weekend was your birthday. You know, what's up with your life right now? You know what the funny thing is? Mm. I have no idea. Like, this is the most confused I've ever been. Oh wow! And at thirty-four. So is it like a show for like a new year? I'm like, fuck, what is the direction now? Partly, yes. But also it's because uh, the, the things that have mattered to me in my entire career are becoming secondary. Oh, wow. If I can put it that way. Yeah. You, you, you know when it's, it's always been stand-up, it's always been film, mm-hmm. traveling, entertainment, you know, creative directing, acting, all of that. And now you, your, your biological clock is ticking. I have baby fever. Oh, I see. Oh, I've wow. got baby okay. fever, man. Okay. And I'm like, what, what is wrong with me? What is happening to me? So there are changes that I also don't understand yet, to be fair. It's like going through adolescence all over again. That's why I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> there's there's yeah. lots of changes going on. There's and word, uh, midlife crisis. Is that where we are now? I don't like that <laughs> word because I believe I'm going to age at least until 90. Okay. So, so this can't be my life. midlife. <laughs> <laughs> A thought that doesn't come out the same way, yeah. but you, I, I get what you're trying to say. So yeah, it's. Uh, I think that is it, and uh, it, it has hit my creativity quite hard, quite hard. I saw, I saw one of your pod, uh, one of the, I saw a YouTube stand up. Mm. Why you claim that this will be your last? Are you retiring? Why are you doing that Jay Z thing where you retire enough to see if the competition is strong? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Which year was it from? Uh, I th- the video is 2020. So 2020? I remember yeah, saying that this is probably my last stand-up. Maybe I got it out of context. Hmm. I, 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 if, if I could see the video again, I would, I would probably have a better oh, response can, for can, you. Can, because yeah, yeah, let me look that up. Yeah, I, I won't lie. I don't remember half the things I say on stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have my set. I know my material. I know my direction. But there's a lot of improv in between. I see, I yeah. see. Uh, yeah, let me, I want you to see. So maybe maybe it's me who got it like uh, mm. out of context. So it's uh, it's that. Oh, stand up Uganda! 
That's what I'm saying. This is your last for stand-up Uganda. That was, uh, yes, because it, ah. it was a competition and people were being eliminated. Ah, I see. I so, see. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, it was, ah, yeah, yeah. this may be my, that was the beginning of my career. That was the start of everything. Oh, wow. Mm. This I'm, is. I'm a competition baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those <laughs> entertainers who came out of a talent search. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like uh, Blue 3. Is it Blue 3? Uh, basically, the whole class of 2009. Alex Mohanji, Salvador, um, who, um, wait, who else is there? I mean, Mendo and Pablo were there already before, but they also went through the competition. Uh, honestly, I think only a few survived. I won't lie, from the yeah. class of 2009. Oh, but we were all yeah, true, competition true. babies. Oh, yeah. I see, I see, I see. So how do you, by the way, rank... So I know these things differ, and this is mm-hmm. the same question. We had Emek uh, a few episodes back, mm. and, and this is the same question I asked him, you know, like uh, international scope of comedy, right? Mm. Uh, stand-up comedy, and the Ugandan scope, right? Uh, so Uganda has multiple... So I see your version of comedy, right? Mm. Where you come and try to do a monologue, right? But what also... The other version of, of comedy that, that's so Ugandan is mm. where you try to be as vulgar as possible. Yeah? And I know mm. there is uh, there's sort of an American version of that as well. I yeah. don't like it. But, you know, how do you rank the best... Ugandans, you know, versus the best, say, Americans. Okay, maybe, is it a com, com, uh, sort of uh, well, comparison the, even? The, the best Ugandans, we are doing quite well as a comedy industry. Okay. Um, all, all things considered, and I'm going to explain this in a bit, because yeah. anyone watching would think we're in a very bad place. At some point, myself inclusive. Yeah. Because we, 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 we are at that point where comedy has gone so mainstream, the profanity is all the way up here. At least that has been the experience. But you also have to remember that this is one platform. Because usually they're talking about comedy store. And yeah. all due respect to Alex Mohanji, it's an amazing production. It is. It amazing. Is. Pro- I, I don't agree with the content. Yeah, but but I have to respect the fact that the man has put in good work. And he has done an amazing event. And people flock there. And the question I always, the thing I always ask people is, why are there so many Rolex stands in Kampala? Because people love Rolex, right? Why are there so many Bavalga comedians right now? Because that's the market. There's an audience for it. There's a very <laughs> ready a market. Yes. And <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have said, oh my God, you're ruining the industry. But yeah. now I look at it as a phase that I think we have to go through. This, this is part of the growth process. We're not going to be at this point forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what breaks our hearts, and I realized this is what was bugging me, was the fact that we, we started out stand-up as an English-speaking, mm-hmm. and then we came to Luganda. Initially, I was thinking we came down <laughs> to Luganda, but I realized we just came to Luganda. They sort of leveled themselves out. Now, I can't dictate what someone does with their platform. Yeah. All I can do is uh, build my own. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, what was it, another comedy club. I literally called it another comedy club because there were so many comedy platforms in Kampala. Yeah. Another comedy club focused entirely on English. Comedians. English speaking, uh, clean content. There were rules. Mm-hmm. Even when I worked in comedy files as talent recruiter and coach, there were rules. One of the rules was your content died and make it to YouTube if, if it's profane. You have to come for Sunday rehearsals. We go through your material because... I'm not going to lie to you. Most of the profanity is a result of poor preparation. I see, I see. I'm, I'm going to be very upfront with you. It's a scapegoat. Once you know the audience is going to laugh the moment I go here. 
Well, isn't that you the point always of, go there. Eh? Isn't the point the whole point of comedy to get to trigger the audience to laugh? Yes, but if that's all you want to do, then well, it, it, it's up to you. I mean, people are supposed to laugh, right? And I can understand that. Yeah. So what happens the day you're challenged with a more intelligent audience? You see where the restriction is. I see, I see. Challenge yourself first. Challenge yourself. Prepare yourself for the greatest challenges so that you can take on the, the lesser challenges. Because I don't think an audience that is entirely reliant on profanity for humor is a challenge personally mm-hmm. for me maybe it's just me but but i don't find it challenging I'm like uh, uh, let me give me a good analogy right and, uh-huh. and I, I like what you're saying right mm. so uh, one of the most recent news in art and music right international music is uh the drake's album mm-hmm. versus the kanye west album right? yes if you listen to both albums i'm not very religious mm. but you appreciate that you know the production on Kanye West's work yeah. is miles and miles ahead. It's sort of uh, Drake will start doing that music ten years from now, right? <laughs> the, the production quality, right? Yeah. Drake obviously has his mouth buzz. You know, he he's rapping. Mm. It has an audience, right? But that is a thing. So if Poemi says, okay, no, he doesn't say, but in mm. my opinion, right, yes. because of the consequences of his work, he's not emphasizing the kind of audience. His, his audience yes. will understand his profanity uh-huh. and he's okay with it. And they're okay with his it. shallowness, rather. Yeah. And he's okay with that. Yeah. yeah. So, maybe it's not even shallowness. We, we have... One of the things I also had to adjust to and understand is I am one of those people who used to think language and intelligence went hand in hand yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yeah. I, I thought i was smarter than a luganda comedian because i, see, I, I spoke ah, english ah, ah. right this is very early early in my career and i had to learn there are very many intelligent yeah highly intelligent people who have just figured out their audience there's two ways to look at it one i could say you're lazy by being profane two i could say that is what someone chooses to do for that audience but then you find them at a totally different audience and they're doing something and they can pull it off. Yeah. It's a whole other set now. <laughs> it's a whole other person. I, w- I will go to a bar and find a drunk audience and, you know, jump on the profanity the crazy bit. side. Never the profanity side. Uh, because it's, if, if you're being profane in English, then... Yeah, I see. I see you're trying really hard. They're throwing in the F words and what. First yeah. of all, why? Yeah. And also the F words don't sound so authentic in Uganda when you're using yeah, yeah, say, it. Say it in vernacular. <laughs> it will be felt. Yeah, yeah, but because English is not our first language, true, true, true. it's it's not. It's really not. And it would be disrespectful for me to say, Luganda comedy is pulling us down. No, I'm glad they've established their market. Mm-hmm. It's not my market. Yeah, well, it's What's uh, what's your tribe? What's the language you speak? Uh, nine different types of Luo, but I'm Lao. Originally, okay. I'm Lao. Yeah. Okay, so Luo Lang. Lao is the Lao. The, the tribe. Uh, Luo is the thing. Luo is the language. Okay, yeah. I don't want to go into the complexities, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so let's say Luo, right? Yes. When you go to speak to people who understand your first language, mm-hmm. right? Don't you feel more comfortable making your jokes? Yes, a bit. In, in Luo, yeah. Because I... <laughs> The problem with being a teacher of English language is English has sort of become my first language. Oh, I see. I didn't know yes. that. I didn't know that by the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Let's okay. keep talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, has, it, it has affected me mm, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So um, my L1 switched from Lao. I speak fluent Lao, mm-hmm. but I think in English, which becomes problematic. Yeah, <laughs> you, you understand when you're speaking, your yeah, home. Yeah. words keep coming back to you as you speak. And you're like, oh, I don't even, I didn't know I, I had a word for, for this in my head. In my language. So I'm not going to lie to you. It's a bit problematic. I can do it. The beauty is a lot of northerners understand English. Yeah. So I, I don't have to yeah, switch. Yeah, 
yeah, too much to cater to them. We have our inside jokes as Northerners. So you write your full set in English, but somewhere in there you keep fitting in mm-hmm. bits that are strictly for the North. I see, I see. And these are show specific. I see. Oh yeah, so mm. I distracted you, but you are still saying uh, you felt more intelligent than people who had who did their comedy in vernacular. Yeah, I thought I was smarter. But, but as, as I got older in the industry, I just started to realize there's different audiences. There's the, the Dikula had his audience. Mm. Dikula, the original slapstick, Uganda's Charlie Chaplin. He had his audience. And people may think of it as a lesser form of comedy. Possibly so. But it's a, he's a pioneer. We all sort of come from that. Because no matter how much I talk on stage, I'm a stand-up comedian. I still need physical mo- movement to illustrate what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Some, some jokes are funnier when they're illustrated. It, it, it's just that. So the Dikula effect <laughs> is in stand-up. What would, of course, may, what I would maybe have a problem with is um, too much Dikula? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm like, if, if, if I'm putting you on a stage to do stand-up, uh-huh. do stand-up. Don't not overskate it again. Yeah, yeah I it, it becomes a bit yeah. weird. There's uh, okay, so so yeah, that's one mm. thing, right? There's uh, there's also, uh, and I'm going to switch a little bit to skit. Uh, mm. th- again, uh, since I'm not an expert on comedy, for me, I consume comedy as the anything that makes me laugh, right? But then, <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah, that's if, if, if mosquitoes do it for you. Yeah, that's a, so. So the thing about uh, the skit comedy now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, there is uh, a new market, but that's because there's a new form of distribution, right? So if you see most platforms, uh, if you see TikTok, if you see stories, uh, Snapchat, mm. it's easy to push a skit, right? You yeah. can't do like what we don't stand up, what you guys don't stand up with, mm. with a monologue. Uh, because again, the only platform you can distribute a monologue is YouTube. Uh, but most people are consuming most of their content on TikTok and Snapchat and whatever, right? The revolution. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. So there's also two kinds of that, right? Mm. So there's, uh, again, the vulgar sort of, uh, I think the, the word is cheap, right? Mm. It's uh, it's enticing, but it's also easy to come up. It doesn't, it's not so creative. It's just provocative yeah. in a way, right? But there's also some, there's also content. I, I don't know if you've uh, had a chance. I, I'm sure you have. Uh, you know Michael Boneka, Uncle Mo. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's also Amazing that guy. yeah, mm. there's also that version of content, right? Mm. Where it's also a testing. So I enjoy his kids a lot, but I imagine people who would be like, ah, where is the joke? When is he going to make the joke? Because mm. again, it's uh he, sort of it's so it has too many references, right? It's mm-hmm. not a uh, joke and punch. Okay, I mean the punchlines are there, but the, the structure of his comedy yeah. requires Okay, I don't it, want to it, it needs you to be attentive. True. And true. yeah, a lot of people are not. The attention span for this generation was what? I think it was an. I was talking to someone from, I think, either DSTV or MTV, and they were telling me the attention span is 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to get to your point in 15 seconds. And it's decreasing. I mean, this, this was a conversation I had 2015. So it may be even lower now. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. It's, it's just harder to consume content nowadays. You have to shock people with whatever you're dropping. Exactly. Statuses are what? Uh, 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah true, Like true, true. Just bite yeah, sizes seconds, and what? 15 seconds actually. Yeah, think, yeah, but you can create for your audience because I don't think everyone's supposed to follow the same path. If uh, Uncle Mo has his audience and they're willing to listen to what yeah, he has no, to say. He's actually doing really good. So yes, it, yeah. it may be a niche crowd, but first of all, it's growing. And then secondly... It's loyal to him. They, they have found their person. He has found his people. So for me, personally, I, I, I think everyone 
this, this is even a rule in com- know your audience just know your audience i i, I don't expect people to like me at embuto embutikizi <laughs> True. What am I doing at a booked event? I don't even know Luganda. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't come out and quarrel and say, ah, why don't they ever invite uh, me for Luganda events? Mm. No, I'm not the guy for that audience. I, I'm, I'm just not. And it's allowed, by the way. It's like someone, uh, I hear corporates all the time complaining about Agatha Likomfufu. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, but this Agatha Likomfufu, this, this content. And I always smile because I'm like, <laughs> it hasn't yet occurred to you that you're not the guy not they the want to, if, if audience, you're complaining yeah. about it then you're not the one supposed to be watching it I see, I see, to I some see. extent it's not to say that there's no bad comedy or no bad content there is a lot of bad content i i can give you a very clear example uganda youtube on lockdown the, uh. no the panic response was bad <laughs> there was a panic response. I see, I see. Okay. There was because everybody saw TikTok and all this. This social media revolution was yeah. happening, and it's quick stuff. So everybody ran to YouTube, especially after that. Um, that report came out, the one that showed the top YouTubers in Uganda, ah, their accounts and how much they were making. Eddie Kenzo, Kansime, Mohanji were at the top. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, there's money in YouTube. Now, people did the typical Ugandan thing whereby if one person sets up a mobile money stall, the street is going to be aligned with them. So everybody jumped on YouTube. And I must say, uh, a lot of them are my friends, but no. The quality was too It was a panic response. People were panicking to stay relevant. Nobody sat down and thought and structured their shows. I do creative consultancy for Kansime. Creative directing for consumer, and the one thing I realize is YouTube is a TV channel. True, true. You're running a TV channel. Yeah. You you write the content. You 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 worry about quality. You you plan the posts. You schedule them. Mm-hmm. There's a whole arrangement going on. Yeah? But guys just jumped on YouTube. Everybody just went there. The the panic was real, and these were a lot of stand-up comedians because our industry suffered a big blow. With lockdown with the pandemic yeah, yeah yeah what people don't realize is it started whooping us a lot earlier than most others so lo- the official lockdown was what march yeah, around march that late march yeah. we had been struggling since january because in jan international gigs lost feb regional gigs lost by march we were losing local gigs and then we got shut down so people are calling asking for refunds uh, can i get that money back and i'm sitting there like okay with all due respect um no but <laughs> we can reschedule this yeah. whichever other day you put the event yeah i see i, see. I will come through because i also still want that half that other half of the yeah, money yeah yeah there were gigs people were calling in and uh doing office parties zoom mm-hmm. parties mm-hmm. where you record your comedy set and, uh, and send it to them but i also think that was for a very small class of comedians get I see, I see. yeah it wasn't like everybody was getting those gigs so i can i can understand the panic everyone running to YouTube to find a way to stay relevant. I can understand the panic. I, I wish my criticism is they should have prepared a yeah. little more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's also the other thing, right? Uh, part of what makes, so if you do say, for example, if you have a prepared set that you do multiple times, right? mm. say if you're on a tour and you go to uh, Kampala, you do the thing, you go to Mbale, you do the thing, you know, mm. uh, most of what makes you polish up on your routine is, the audience, right? If you, if you sort of, if you're in your bed and you think of a joke and you say this is funny, mm. and then you go and people just don't get it, and then or maybe they just need a little bit of context. It could be a funny joke, right? Yeah. But people just didn't know that uh, maybe 
you know say you make a joke about who is a good best person to make a joke about nabanja say you make a joke about nabanja mm. but the reference you have is not so popular among the audience so you go back you say you know the next part of this tour i just have to change this reference because people didn't understand yeah. that you know this is who i'm trying to to throw the jab at right yes. uh but, but the thing about like that kind of comedy is it's interactive back and forth mm. right you go perform the routine to the audience the audience tells you uh this is good this is good this is good this we didn't get this don't bring back things mm. like that and then you go you make a second version of that routine which is almost the same routine but you know you've polished up the, the, the you polished up the jokes you want them to hit hard yes. and then you've taken out the stuff you know uh this is just far fetched but when it comes to now like lockdown mm-hmm. where you have to record your skit <laughs> and put it permanently on youtube you know there's no that feedback is there what you're going to get a comment of people saying ah you guy go away what, mm. what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah how do you like manage to and i'll be honest with you it's part of the reason i've taken so long to get on youtube i see i see i i had to get over the stand up comedian in me i even struggle on radio <laughs> i have a show on rx mm-hmm. called hear me out and I I don't like talking to myself. I've become over the 13 years in this industry. I've become so accustomed to immediate feedback. You hit a punchline, yeah, audience yeah, yeah. laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You crack a joke, they yeah. don't get it. You know exactly yeah. what the situation yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you have to deal with an audience that <laughs> doesn't know what it is. Or you, you no, you know, you have to deal and you can't you have to imagine you don't know the what audience. It is. Yeah, yes, exactly. you have to imagine the audience and talk to yourself. It has tortured a lot of us. Especially the stand-up comedians, because we 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 were predominantly you interactive. Know, yes, yeah, yeah. interactive uh, gigs, people's presence. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we we fed off the audience. So yeah, it it has been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> it has been quite a struggle. But what I can say is, there's also this thing you do when you're writing stand-ups where you sort of preempt what the audience is going to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I let's say did a joke about um, okay personally I don't trust gynecologists I'm I'm just going to say it out loud I don't but when we're talking about the Kenzo Rema thing mm-hmm. yeah as team gynecologist <laughs> yeah because no one else was supporting the guy no one else was talking about him yeah, I'm like why is this guy getting away scot free and you have to build that set you have to build it right now you know very well. Um, bringing up a, a topic like a gynecologist is going to raise ears guys are going to be like okay he's about to become vulgar preempt it's like i know what you're thinking but don't go there hear me out <laughs> here's the thing mm. why did he pick this career right this is why i don't trust gynecologists uh wh- like i saw when i was a kid i wanted to fly yeah. i wanted to be a pilot because i love to fly and i like to fight fighter piloting um you know doctors look at sick people want to treat them you understand yeah. electricians look at bulbs and they're inspired for you where were you looking yeah exactly for your inspiration <laughs> but i've already preempted the audience uh, yeah true, 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 you, true. you have to sort of preempt and say because sometimes you're going to walk a fine line yeah and they have to be ready or sometimes you know they're going to disagree with you and you just have to be prepared mm. for that yeah yeah you say that like I, i did a joke once that actually pissed off a lot of people but it was explained in advance So I, I I told them the biggest difference between men and women is men think and women expect. And that's ooh I'm like first wait I mean in terms of language <laughs> in regards to language you, you get I mean when a guy comes home at the end of the day he's looking for his cup of tea is like honey I thought there was some tea 
It's like, baby, I expected you to leave money on the table for me to go shopping. I see, I see, I see. Get. Oh, yeah, like, a... um, you take a girl out on a date, you think she's coming alone. And then she comes she shows up with three friends because she expects <laughs> you to take care of them. Let me give you the best example. When you catch, um, <laughs> when men are caught cheating, what's the first thing they say? Honey, it's not what you think. And what's the woman's response? You expect me to believe that? So it's a play. It's a play on yeah, language. Yeah, I see, I see, I see. A, I see course, I yeah, people true, jump true, straight true. to the, oh, you're misogynist. I'm like, it's a, a joke is a joke. Relax. True. And so what, how does, uh, so you said you're a teacher of English, right? Yes. Can I say a English teacher? Or you're going to critique me for saying, for calling you an English teacher? I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, yeah. Let me let it go. Yeah, so, so yeah. How, how does uh, sort of that profession, mm. how that, because I see, again, part of your, from what you've just said, you know, part of your, uh, your art is how familiar you are with the language, mm-hmm. right? You know English well enough to play around with our minds to trick us to play, you know, you sort of know our expectations for the language yep. and so you can play around with that. How 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 is that an advantage mm. to other comedians who are, you know, speak English when they when they are forced to carry the bone, you know, remember in primary <laughs> when we are forced to, to carry the... <laughs> to wear the sack. Yeah, to wear mm. the sack. I am a vernacular speaker. <laughs> ah, the good old days. I never got that first of all. Yeah. I never understood why we were not allowed to speak our native languages in school. The worst part is our parents went with it. You know, the yes. teachers, you'd understand maybe it was their job, but understood. why did our parents allow that? When, when I taught in Taiba, the one thing I told them is, I, I don't care if you speak Luganda on the compound. I just don't want Luganda in the English class because mm. we're learning yeah, English. Yeah, we can't true, learn true, English true, in another true, language. <laughs> you true, that, true, that was yeah, my yeah, only yeah, quarrel. True, true, that makes sense, yeah. But regardless of what language you're doing comedy in, English or otherwise, vocabulary is very important. I keep emphasizing this. It's, it's, it's exactly the reason why I can't perform in Luganda. Mm. Same reason why a Luganda-speaking comedian will not be able to perform in English. They don't have the words for it. Now, if you're going to perform in a certain language, at least master your vocabulary. It helps a lot because on stage you forget a lot of things. But if you have enough words in your head, you can buy time to remember them. <laughs> you just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. I, see, I see I see play around with words a bit here and there as you try to get your set back because that happens a lot. You you lose your material at some point. That's why when Al Projas was coaching us in Stand Up Uganda, the one thing he said is know your material. Rule number one: know your material. Uh, yeah. So it, you 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 can't go on stage without knowing what you're going to say. True. Plan what you're going to say. Prepare for what people may come at you with, and also be ready for the expect the unexpected. And that's where it's important to just know how to communicate. Not even just vocabulary. Just know how to communicate well in the language you're speaking, so that you can react to a person appropriately. Not everyone coming at you from the audience has bad intentions. If anything, most times they have the, their best your best intentions. They have the best intentions at heart. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to support your show. They're enjoying it so much they get involved. So they say something. Yeah, yeah. Now, as a comedian, don't fight. Don't make it a fight. This person is not challenging ah. you to a fight. They are participating in your set. So take what they are giving and then give something back. So you can use the yes, but where you challenge their opinion. Or you can say yes, and where you compliment their opinion. Yeah. What about those, uh, like people in the audience who just choose to be assholes? So some of the, like, uh, say the oh, Netflix, uh, yeah. the, the the Netflix things I see, <laughs> some of the guys just want to irritate 
the maybe it could actually be so for example Dave Chappelle is mm. one of my favorite comedians right and he makes some uh, he makes comedy say about controversial subjects uh, yes recently I think it has been mostly about the transgender mm. uh, community right and so if if some transgender right and yeah. I and, and I know the guy is funny fine mm. but I just don't like this part of the content and so my option is to go and irritate him right what would be like you I mean that could be I could have a reason but some mm. people could just want to some people prefer chaos, right? Well, yeah. What they choose be, violence. <laughs> yeah, they choose mm. violence, yeah. Like, how do you, like, sort of mitigate that? I've seen, for example, in some of those, uh, I think even Dave Chappelle's one, where he gets off script mm. and he starts to uh, sort of uh, diss the, whoever is trying to cause chaos until they make them sound comfortable that they live. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you handle such stuff, you know, where the audience is just well, violent one? I, I, I always say avoid violence. Mm-hmm. avoid violence at all costs uh, the thing in comedy is if you need to sacrifice 10% of your audience to entertain the other 90 you go for it doesn't have to be violent you could either choose to fight the heckler opposing you or win over the audience supporting you there's two ways it could go if you choose to fight the heckler you could lose and once you lose the authority while you're on stage you stop being entertaining to the audience because the reason they are listening to you is trust. They believe the fact that you're on stage and you have the microphone means you're an authority. If someone challenges your authority and defeats you, it means they should be on stage, not you. So you'd rather win over the audience that is with you. It's like... um, I see, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. I've had hecklers come at me in Luganda all the time. Mm. I think those those are my... (laughs) My biggest hecklers are in Luganda. And someone's just going to shout a profanity from the audience, a random one. Yeah. You know, out of the blue, right? And I'm just like, okay, now say it in English. <laughs> just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, have, I haven't fought him. I, I, I know my audience and he may not be. But the reason he's saying this is maybe because he's not my peoples and yeah, i get yeah, that so yeah. i stay with my people i'm like i'm staying with my as we say my peoples i stay with my peoples as opposed to fighting him because when i start fighting him i'm now fighting him and his people i see yeah you're starting a war and that's a war you don't want to lose on stage trust me so part of comedy is uh what's the name of that guy the art of war the art of war <laughs> <laughs> comedy is more psychology than humor i'll be honest with you yeah i see, I see what you mean yeah. you have you have to read the crowd you have to understand the dynamic you, you have to be aware of where you are at all points and we always joke about the twakowa chick <laughs> the twakowa chick that Woman who sits in the front row. I use Twakowa chick yeah, because I've yeah, seen more yeah, Twakowa yeah. twa- chicks. They, I've, I've never met the Twakowa twa- guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the Twakowa chick seated in front, usually wealthy. Mm. Well-to-do woman buying yeah, her own yeah. drinks. You know, just seated there. Big Bali. Angry for no reason. Upper lip is in the nose. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah. Mad at you for no reason. Every joke you crack, she doesn't laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just barely. And don't focus on the Twakowa chick. Find your... You have... A hundred something other people listening to you. Get get your eye off this chick because that's the chick you meet in the club. She's the mother hen. Mm, yeah, a bunch yeah. of homegirls are partying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to talk to one of them and she pops like, "Hey, what do you want?" <laughs> that's the Twakoa chick. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't focus your energy on that person. It, it, it's it's it would be it wouldn't be a smart move for you to fight with the one person who isn't listening and ignore the others who are attentive. 
priorities. Yeah, I see, I see. Let's let's switch a little bit away from mm. from from comedy. Well, not far away. So yeah, uh, before again the, we started the conversation, we were mm-hmm. talking about podcasting, and this is sort of uh, we started this as a passion, but now we are getting into it as a business more and more. Mm. Uh, but the nature of most of the people who inspire us, most of the podcasts that we are looking at internationally are mm. run by comedians, right? Mm. And in my opinion, uh, sort of the nature of comedy, especially the monologue kind of comedy, is a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go, say, for a one-hour routine, and, and what you said, you know, interacting with the audience, the audience may not be responding with words, mm. but, you know, you have to wait for... It's a. It's, it's not like a real film monologue, you know, a film monologue where uh, the deputy principal has to give a speech about feminism and it's, uh, you know, so deep and so boring. <laughs> comedy is different because yeah. comedy, you have to put your... You have to sort of... Uh, I, I don't know the technical words, but you have to make the first statement, wait to see how people take it, mm. uh, maybe uh, de- derail them to thinking something else. And then uh, throw a punchline and be mm. like, oh, you know, and that is sort of the back and forth. That Subvert the yeah. expectations. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, podcasts, mm. the nature of podcasts is conversing, right? Uh, sort of uh, what radio used to be when radio was a thing. Yeah. 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 Well, we are now <laughs> Good <current>. old radio. <laughs> Good old radio. <laughs> yeah. So what radio used to be when radio was a thing, right? Mm. And, and now uh, there's the podcast nature, but also the, the thing about podcasts is, uh, so radio and TV, they have the 24-hour limit, right? You can only squeeze so many things within 24 hours mm. because when when your program goes at 9 a.m., at 9 p.m., yeah, the person has gone, right? But what we are doing is this is recorded and persisted. So yes. when someone comes to listen, when they're tired, they can pause and go home. When they're bored, they can skip and listen to the next thing. Mm. You know, when they when they have time, they can do two hours of the same thing, mm-hmm. yeah, for example. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what is the, what, what do you think, mm. you know, like comedians roles in, in Ugandan podcasting, for example. Yeah. Uh, what I've mm. heard, and, and, you know, I think we are also guilty of this. What I've heard a lot of uh, podcasts be is very, very formal, very official stuff. So, you know, ah. you get a podcast about business. Kabushenga mm. uh, is doing spaces. It's almost yeah. very similar to podcasts, I but again, it's tune also... Tune in daily. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. But it's also very formal. I also listen to that, right? Mm. Uh, it's very formal, but th- I'm wondering, you know, that other version of podcasting that's just fun, you know, something mm. I play uh, on my way to the beach, you know, instead of listening to that shitty mm. break album, something <laughs> I play on my way to the beach, I thought you were team true. But but you know, something you play on your way to the beach mm. just for fun, you know, two people having a conversation uh, and just sort of making weird, weird jokes. I'm wondering, you know, where you see the the, I think, the role of comedians in this, yeah. Um of course comedians would fit in very well. But here is my one critique of stand-up comed- comedians in Uganda. I'll speak please, for please. stand-up comedians in particular. We have a problem. We focus so much on the comedy, we forget to be interesting. Okay, I thought comedy was an interesting part. It, 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 yeah, it's punchline best delivery, right? So mm-hmm. you're trying to throw a joke every other moment you get, every other chance you get. You're trying to execute based on your training. You know four punchlines a minute is like uh, uh, the ultimate see, killer I performance. Now you carry that into conversations, which is not sustainable. Because you end up falling back on old content uh, and you become repetitive, uh, right? What comedians and a lot of people in general need to do is learn the art of sustainable conversation. Just be interesting. Have a conversation. Talk. Let it, uh, you know, drop some knowledge. Say something funny if it comes up. No pressure. Just uh, talk. Gaetano is the best example I can give. 
Gaetano is one of the most interesting people. Is this not funny? Mm. Is this not funny? Yeah. I don't think you Gaetano put is. a lot of effort to like be funny. Gaetano is not trying to be funny. Yeah, but true, Gaetano true, true. will own a conversation. Huh? What? No, 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 no. Yeah, Are you yeah, yeah. Gaia? And he he's not even trying. It's that's him. That's Gaetano. We we need to we need to learn that art of of just banging kabozi because mm. when stand up comedians get together it becomes a competition for who's throwing the most jokes oh wow okay, mm. okay. so it's important for, for them to know that because a lot of us have experience with radio i worked with xfm i'm now with rx alex muhanji basically grew up on radio salvador mm. sanyu he was on capital before napoleon emma has been cotilda in napo almost every stand up comedian has been on radio but they all had the same weakness and had to learn how to talk. So I'm saying this for the newer generation yeah, of comedians. Yeah, yeah. It's um you have to learn how to bank how, how to be interesting in a conversation without trying to be funny all the time because yeah, yeah. that means you're not listening to what the person is saying. You're waiting for true, the next true, true, joke true, you're going true. to crack. Yeah. Mm, you're more in your head than you are in the conversation. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, actually I didn't uh, I didn't yeah, I mean I get that. And and I think I, I see that's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We unfortunately are not funny enough to <laughs> But I hope, you know, I, I wish there was like a way we could have that balance where we crack you up, Ooh. but you still listen to like some of the things we have to say, you know. I, 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 I can share with you one very simple thing. Please. One very energy. Please. I see. I energy. See. Like if we switched it up now and just began like, Kati, you guy. Now you, you, you see what the plot is. Eh? Yeah, you... It's like so. Kakati. <laughs> Comedy is an art. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, and for uh, me, it... It, it is my bear. It is my first love. Yeah, yeah. And I take every every opportunity I can to teach because that has been what I've been doing since 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, recruitment, every platform we've built, that has been my field. Um, crackers, it's, it's not racist if you're watching this show. I'm not trying to be racist. <laughs> the, the group was called Crackers because, I mean, Rib Crackers was taken. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Comedy Files and another comedy club. It has always been about dropping knowledge. So, it's essential for people to get to know these things and have these discussions, but keep them as yeah, yeah, yeah interesting and engaging as possible. So you see, the energy has changed now. I see. I, see. <laughs> I don't think I can maintain mine. It's like uh, hmm? the jogging thing. <laughs> when you find someone who's so used to jogging, when you tell him I can't go an extra meter, he's like, "You man, why don't you have the energy?" Motivation, <laughs> motivation, skill. But yeah, it's uh, just have fun with it. I see, this I is I see. It, enjoy yourself. Audiences feed off your energy. Yeah, yeah, true, true. No, but that's true. By mm. the way, most people, especially for most long form stuff, you know, mm. like, like a stand up routine or whatever, most people don't go back memorizing. Apart from you know that one outstanding punchline that you had, mm. most people don't go back memorizing the content. They mm-hmm. just go back memorizing the mood. It's that feeling they had for that whole hour, you know, yes. that sort of, it's sort of like a hypnosis thing. Yeah. It's a, yeah, no, no, I, I agree on that. It's, it's a journey for them. So <laughs> true, true. they came with you, they, they were with you, you left together, you in their heads. Ah, ah true. Mm. Let's uh, now move on a little bit to something different that I wanted to pick your head on, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the nature of the podcast anyway. We call it's it Big Conversations. So I can oil my lips. They're getting dry with this guy. <laughs> we call it Big Conversations for a reason, right? Mm. Uh, but so, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about was the nature of, uh, and this you've already hinted on, yeah? mm. but the nature of Ugandan media content, right? Yes. And we, uh, you said uh, the pandemic of very terrible YouTube content during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but also 
like TV content, right? So mm. prime time right now. <laughs> if if you look at prime time Ugandan TV, right? Mm. Uh, it's the news, obviously. You mentioned Agatali Konfufu, mm. which is uh, you know it's barely news. I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with your friend who said they they don't they don't particularly know who is targeting. But you know, it's, <laughs> they, they, they know the audience. Yeah, yeah. They, I know for, for the producers, the people who prepare the show, yeah. they know who they want to talk to. But you know, if you look at uh, if you look at news, if we bring Agatali Konfufu, if we bring uh, pre news, uh, say on NBS there's uh, Uncut, mm-hmm. uh, well NTV, and well, even NTV actually, NTV pretends mm. to be so classy, but it has soaps, right? Uh, Urban TV recently just started one. Uh, what what? The, 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 it's always two women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spark TV, yeah, yeah. two women. Spark TV, NBS, two women. Yeah. Uh, I think even Bukete. Uh, uh, I, TV I has their, yeah, yeah. I, I know the formula. I so know so yeah, so I'm saying about, yeah. you know, and, and the nature of these these shows, mm. right, uh, is to I don't know. My my my, my assumption is to sort of increase mm-hmm. the level of hatred people have have towards each other. This is <laughs> like the only the only way you can group them up in one category mm. is that they all make you hate someone, right? So what usually happens is. It's rare that mm. you'll find on Uncut a story that is totally about good news, right? Something so they could say, yeah, exactly. Mm. They could say, no, you know, even if it's not like entirely progressive, they could say, this guy went to a wedding, right? Mm. Uh, Eddie Kenzo, uh, no, no, say uh, Rema. Rema went to a wedding with Hamza, and that is supposed to be the story. Mm. But then, when the thing is ending, what they have as their punchline is, ah, what did Eddie Kenzo say? What are people commenting about Eddie Kenzo? You know, so we have some Violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We get uh, the violence. I think that's the word now <laughs> on social media, right? And, you know, the nature of of content like this, you know, that, like, what do you think, for example, would be a good way mm. to, because again, you say you have a, sort of part of your brand is to maintain this quality that is also... I don't know the word actually. That is not profane. I don't know the positive word for non-profane. Um, okay, from the beginning, I've strived to be a brand. Mm. First of all, that uh, parents are comfortable letting into their house for Sunday lunch. True, true, true. Yeah, like uh, yeah. people see you on TV and they call their kids to watch. Mm-hmm. They don't chase them to bed or change the channel. It's, oh, it's Daniel O'Mara. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that guy. Because I come from a Christian family. My parents are church elders. And I believe I represent more than just my brand. It's my family legacy as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm very cautious about these things. And like I said, much as I may not agree with them, it's not my platform. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Now, on the issue of uh, TV, <laughs> what, I'm sorry I keep laughing. All I can say is, I think the tabloids have infiltrated TV culture. Mm. Tabloid culture has infiltrated TV. The red paper stuff. That's how I see it. I see, I see. That's I what's see. happening. Because that's what tabloids were. Bad news galore. They never said anything progressive about mm. people. It was always bad news. Oh, so and so went to perform in the US, stuck there now. That's the part they focus on. Yeah, yeah. you understand. I, it was never that the gig happened, even if you are not actually stuck there. Even if there was a delay in your flight, they'll find a way to make it horrible. <laughs> they yeah. I was seated at um, uh, what Salvador's show, uh, Africa Laughs 2014. Mm-hmm. I had a trip to Nigeria for a tourism event. And that was the same week, uh, that, that was the Ebola period, right? Yeah, yeah. So the show had been cancelled because of Ebola. Then the Monday right before the show, uh, the show was on a Saturday. Monday that week, the Ebola thing was lifted, the quarantine, the lockdown. And the guy tells me, if you can process your stuff this week, come through. So I processed my stuff, 
Friday I went for Salvador's show, of course. I was seated at a table solo because the rest of the BTL cast was there. And I figured, let, let me let them hang. I can have this bottle of wine alone. <laughs> I'm selfish like that. <laughs> so I sat with my bottle of wine yeah. and I'm enjoying the show. I'm chilling. At some point, I look down to check out something on my phone. They take a picture of me, post it in the tabloid. Daniel O'Mara looking miserable at Africa laughs because his trip to Nigeria was cancelled. Now, here's the problem with what they did. <laughs> Number one is, um, they could have asked me because we were working in the same compound. Yeah, yeah. As in Urban TV, Tapalasan was right down there. They didn't. They just wrote their own version of the story. And then secondly, I'd put this on my CV. So now, guys from companies are calling me companies where i have gigs of like two thousand dollars booked and they are calling me and they're like uh we read the papers and it looks like you lied on your cv you you didn't go to nigeria they said the trip was cancelled i'm like no call the reference number i gave you call ikechiuko he'll confirm like they don't care about what happens they don't care about the consequences and that culture that tabloid culture of always give the worst because i don't think ugandans want to hear the worst oh, but that's but what, that's what we've that's what the media has trained them to be i see i see i see yes ugandans can be cynical <laughs> very often but we we can do better we are just not trying and the people who could help us achieve that mm-hmm. are more interested in ratings than they are in actually building a, a, a community a culture, yeah. I, I mean from, from a capitalist perspective makes sense even narratively speaking, if you can ruin every good story, you're a very good storyteller. <laughs> you're a very good storyteller. I have to give them that, but it hurts people. I see, I see, yeah. I know, so oh, anyway, for me, my opinion, long term, uh, this is, so what happens is there comes another, so this is what Red Paper was, right? Mm. Red Paper before was uh, you put in a bunch of uh, sexual content and mm-hmm. then the rest of it is uh, Lugambo, basically mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, right? Um, but yeah, again, reach a time where it just couldn't be sustained because when you're targeting cheap people and people think it's a capitalism thing, right? Mm. It makes sense for NBS to do that because NBS is selling ads, right? Mm. In between uh, uncut over some, in between making making noise about, for example, actually, one of the things that made me sad is my woman enjoys watching uncut. Mm. So I, I unfortunately have to to be in the same house so I can't stay away from and cut myself. But one of the stories that makes me sad is this chick, the, some musician who has drug issues. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know. She denies having drug issues, mm. but almost every episode, I don't know if it's uncut or the other thing on, on Spark, every episode they keep sort of bringing it up with her. You know, hey, you know, we've had, she got baptized recently. Oh, uh, Nina Rose. Nina Rose, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, so every episode they keep bringing it up with her. You know, if she actually has drug issues, mm. yeah, then what they're doing is really, really messing up a human life, right? And the, the, the issue with, with that is at some point mm. they're going to become boring, right? Uh, these two characters on, say, NBS, people are going to get fed up of them, you know. Mm. They, they won't become either too old or, you know, some other prettier or cruel, more cruel uh <laughs> you know that kind of host will come around mm-hmm. and they'll get fed up and these guys will go and the problem with that is when you go there is nowhere else you can go you know you couldn't you can't be what's the name zahara toto you mm. can't be i was uh, zahara toto was on uncut 
And now, you know, there's a better show than uncut, or like a worse show than uncut, actually, that's symmetric. There's a worse show than uncut, I'm now doing something else. That is like your career. You have to either be that person forever, or, you know, that's, it's not a very, it's not, it's very myopic, in my it's opinion. It's like Lil John. If you make a song and you're not yelling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sell. True, true. Uh, okay. Let me speak from my experience with uh, tabloids. And, and I will tell you, I've, I've never appeared on... I've never appeared in the news on shows like Uncut. And personally, mm-hmm, it does, yeah. I, I'm, I'm even comfortable not being in the tabloids anymore because a lot of people will tell you all publicity is good publicity. Depending on how you spin it and what point in your life it finds you in. I'll give you the example of 2012 when parted ways with the hostel. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't an amicable parting of ways. So the tabloids jumped on it. And they started writing stories. And they wrote lots of stories. Uh, they called me for interviews and they would ask me questions. But I never saw my answers appear in the papers. Because they had chosen their narrative. Yeah. Omara is the bad guy. Omara left the hostel to throw it under, to make it collapse. Uh, at one point, there's a headline that says, Odoj steals hostel money. I don't work in finance. I don't have yeah, a key to yeah, the yeah. safe. I don't even know the account number. <laughs> but that was the headline. And I thought, well, Ugandans are smarter than this, right? Hmm. Then they wrote another one, How Drugs and Alcohol Ruined Odoji's Career. And they just kept these things coming. And people were eating it up. And I thought, Ugandans are smarter than this. Till I walked into a law firm and met this woman who was like, eh, eh, even now you're stealing hostel money. Kali, I had so much faith in you. I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't have the accounts. And she's like, first, we know you celebrities. Now we have built a culture. Of course, this happens, I think, in every country. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, true. But I'm, I'm telling you why it's not right. Because I had people on the streets yelling at me. Why don't you just go back to the hostel? So people getting abusive. Like, mm-hmm. like, people are mad at you for something that wasn't your fault. <laughs> so I went and locked myself in the house for, I think, it was from October, October, November 2012 till around May 2013 when I got my job with Urban TV. But in that time, I didn't want to meet with people. You know, you feel like the whole world is against you. So I can understand that people have money to make. People have a business to do. Yeah, yeah. But man, these tabloids push things far. I see. But isn't it, that it, also... It, 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 isn't what? Uh, so my, my question is, you know, like for, for, your, for that specific scenario, and mm. I, I didn't follow up, but it seems uh, it's not like very new. I've had something similar to that. Isn't that mm. because... Say, you're getting the, the multiple vectors of attack. You know, you're getting attacked, say, from people in, say, the guys who run hostel. And I don't want mm-hmm. to, I don't want to put in a situation where you may say people, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But, but this is my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. People say, for example, produce hostel who think it's better for them to hijack the narrative, so they pay the tabloids mm-hmm. to push. Don't, is that a scenario you anticipate, or you think the tabloids just did this as tabloids themselves? Of course, I looked at that as a scenario. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as a very probable scenario. The guy who was running the show has had a history in media. Yeah, yeah. He knew people. He knew people. And me as the 23-year-old kid who didn't know anyone. And the reason I, I was quiet about the issues is because I, I knew from the start it was a battle I couldn't win. You couldn't, right? You couldn't. Now, regardless of whether the tabloids were paid to do this mm-hmm. or not, the narrative they drove 
cost me friends, cost yeah. me business, yeah, yeah, yeah. it and, cost me a lot of things. And also mental health, by the way. Yes, and by that time, we're not having the mental health conversation. But I realized now I was in a very dark place. Actually, looking back on it now, I realize how bad it was. I was just playing the same level of the same video game every day from morning to evening. <laughs> that I didn't want, I wasn't picking calls, I wasn't talking to people, even not even my own family. I just wanted to be left alone. And what happened is I nearly quit the entertainment industry in my third year of entertainment. Because in 2009, 2011, 2012, and I was ready to give up. By 2013, I was like, I'm done. If this is what the industry yeah, yeah, is, yeah, if people can package and sell a lie like this and be okay with it and meet you first, I would meet journalists from tabloids and ah, this is business. Don't take it personal. Nowadays, I don't. <laughs> you get. But I also made a conscious decision to, to just step out of the limelight. A little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just step out of it. I'm like, look, I this, this is no longer about being relevant. I established my niche audience. Yeah. I have my crowd. I have my gigs. I have people calling me for events. I don't even show photos of myself on, like when I'm going to do gigs. Mm-mm. Someone might shoot the plane down. Like that's, <laughs> that's how paranoid I have become. Yeah, no, true, true. I see what you mean. Yeah. That's how paranoid yeah. I have become. So I, I started to value privacy after that incident. But I'll tell you one thing. It's, it's the reason a lot of Ugandan entertainers don't, just don't care anymore. They just don't. Even when you're telling the truth now, yeah, yeah. they don't care because mm-hmm, you've hit me with worse before. What, what's new that you're going to throw at me that's honestly going to break me? If what had happened in 2012 happened now, I would laugh. Yes, I would smile it off. But it takes a lot for you to get there. And that's what, that's what the industry is. That's the reality of what the industry is. You either grow a thick skin or you die in your movie. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that, that's the lesson you need to learn. Yes, I understand it hurts. It is painful. Witnessed it, felt it firsthand. But you have to rise above it and continue because it won't stop. Uh, no, no, I agree. I it, agree. It's not going to stop. If yeah. anything, it might just get worse now that we are, people are... Part of the reason this is also happening is people are avoiding the real conversation. It's a scapegoat, personally. What's, that's what what's I feel. What's the real conversation? Because people are too scared to talk about politics, for example. I agree. No, no, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. I Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. And it's, I think also the other version of it is the people who run the politics mm-hmm. don't want to be talked about. And so they have sort of a vested interest mm. in pushing these other narratives. You know, if the majority of attention, you know, if I, if I spend my weekend hating on Daniel, Mm-hmm. then I don't have to remember that, you know, there is a portal on my way to work. I mean, I, I, I remember, but I don't have to, to spend time ranting about the portal on mm-hmm. my way to, to, to what? To, to, to work. And, and also, that's a thing also that happens on, on, on social media, right? Yeah. When something funny happens, when something very politically controversial happens, then the tablets start to hit, you know, story, other con- like celebrities start to fuck up their lives for some reason. <laughs> And then you end up realizing, you know, if you tweeted about, say, a corruption scandal, mm. people won't be very interested because, yeah, chameleon just slapped someone. <laughs> Usually it, 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 it goes very easily, by the way, from uh, yeah. this is happening yeah, yeah. to what Bebe Cool thought about what is happening. Exactly. Uh, true, true, true. Yeah. So uh, it's no longer about the issue. Guys, it, uh, Bagio, what's the name of that fat chick? Uh, full figure. Full figure. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It goes very easily from this is the actual problem to this is full figure's opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's ranting and raving and saying some random things. But that is the world we live in true, now. True, true. And I will be honest with you: the the, the 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 older you grow, the more gray areas you see. Ten years ago, I would have said, "Effort, 
I'm going to attack politicians. Because <laughs> it's my yeah, duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watched Business Unusual, the show I did on Urban TV. Yeah. I, I, I left very okay. And to this day, people ask me, Omara, no, no one threatened you with death. I'm like, no, the, the show was funny. It was funny. I mean, it tackled real issues, but it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, ah, you know what? <laughs> Safety first. I see, I see. If I, see. if I can do something that's not going to get me into trouble. I'll, aim, I'll opt for that. Yes, because I'm the breadwinner. Of my, I'm one of the breadwinners of my family. I am not going to, you know, I, 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 I don't want to see people mourning me. At my, I'm not ready to go, first of all. We all know how risky this stuff yeah, is. Yeah, and I have to be real with you. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Initially, I wanted to be the hero that people rallied behind, but I don't have Bobby's heart. Let me be frank with you. I, I am not that guy. I agree with you. I, I think it's the same. Yeah. I think it's a, sort of a life phase as well, you know, in your early, mid-20s. When you're very idealistic. Exactly. It's mm. important to change the world. It's, it is important <laughs> to change the world, but you don't have to be on the front line of every battle. True, true, true. You you can make your contribution, and most especially, all I can say is be smart about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, are being very, wah, 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 very loud, like making noise and stuff. Come give your opinion. Check out. Yeah. Say something. Check out. <laughs> I mean, be aware of the situation. Yeah. At the very least, for yourself and for your family, you have to know what's going on. You have to be aware. You have to take a stand. But you have to do it in a smart way. Don't jump out there to get yourself taken out. <laughs> yeah, no, true. I, 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 I see what you mean. I see what you're you more mean. valuable alive. Yeah. Even to the struggle, you're yeah. more valuable yeah, alive. Exactly. Be smart and, about it. And I think prior, uh, I think before, people took it for granted that, you know, the government is capable of such cruelty. Mm. But now the stories that come on social media of the drones and what, what, mm-hmm. and, you know, people getting tortured, like, you know, people, like, uh, people power guys, the nope guys are getting tortured in tanks by, you know, at CMI and stuff mm. like that. Now people know this shit is actually real. You know, uh, I think one one guy tweeted uh, recently when there was this whole, uh, you know, fake news about, um, seven is demise. Mm. One guy got put in a truck and he got uh, pierced and stuff like that. And he, he tweeted the whole story and, you know, like now people know. <laughs> Shit is real, man. Shit is real. People know we stuff are becoming is real. Russia quicker than we are becoming anything else. Yeah, I, I want things to change. I, I would love for things to change. I am not going to be suicidal about it. Let, let me, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, I understand people feel the need to be heard all the yeah. time. I mean, we have all these movements Yeah, yeah. of, yeah. of which... Like I said, there was a time when I would have jumped on bandwagons, right? Mm-hmm. Like feminism and what. But nowadays, mm-hmm, I, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. I'm like, look... Your peace of mind is also important. My peace of mind is important. <laughs> um, what I'm doing is far more important than was... I am aware of the situation. I am aware. And it's important to be aware. Yeah. So try and resolve it in... Go vote, you know. Mm-hmm. Say something. Talk. Speak up. Um, I, I sound like I'm contradicting myself. Yeah. No, but, but there's a difference between speaking up and trying to go missing. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I agree. I agree. Also, <laughs> there's uh, a th- it's a thin line. Yeah. But sometimes how, how you put your message across. And I, I keep telling people this because I get into a lot of arguments. Personally, I love discussion because I always walk in with the mentality that I might be wrong. So fix my opinion. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe but I end up in arguments because people want to be right. And I get it. Cool. That's your thing. But you, you have to learn how to practice moderation in your delivery, right? There's a difference between me telling you um, this show uh, could, could use a better backdrop. 
but mm. I love the content. The lighting is amazing, mm-hmm. right? And me coming and saying your show is trash. No, no, that's what I was going to say. Sort objective. of the nature of criticism also. Yes. There's uh, some of it that's actionable. Why you say, yeah, get a backdrop. And we're like, okay, mm. uh, let's, this, yeah. That, but that, then when you say it's trash, when you, what you meant is a backdrop, then we wonder, is it the content? Like, what is, is it, it the lighting? exactly? Is it, yeah, exactly. Because yes. yeah. it's easier when you call out the actual issue. You, you, yeah, you can't yeah, just see, see, generalize the yeah. rants. It's also a problem I have with Ugandans and the film industry. Okay, Ugandan criticism of things. Mm. It's always you guys are you're this. Terrible, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like who though? <laughs> when you say comedians are vulgar, yeah, yeah, yeah. which one? Who? Give us a name so we can hunt him down together. <laughs> I see. We'll uh, that's, that's, that's where I want to go now. That's where yeah. I want to go. Uh, before the show started, you talked. You know, you you had some very strong opinions mm-hmm. on film. Yeah, and I understand this. You yeah. you've been an actor for, for a while, uh, and you know. What is how do you assess the mm-hmm. film industry right now? And you have a little bit more experience, probably than anyone listening here. You know, mm. from as far back as you remember. You know, how do you assess where the industry is right now? But also the kind of progress. You know, mm. yeah, yeah. How do you assess it? Okay, I, ha- I have a theory about the film industry. Yeah, okay. call it the, the. I don't have a fancy name for it. Basically, every decade. <laughs> true, true. Every decade at the start of every decade, there's a revolution mm. in film. We saw it in the early 90s with Life Mwatu, Vivao, Shitovero, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a bunch of AIDS movies, which I personally never liked because, like I always said, the message was focused more on than the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. They, they overdid the message, but yeah, also didn't yeah. get it through. Uh, early 2000s, same thing happens. We have Hand in Hand. We have, uh, what was the other show? Ah, why do I keep forgetting the shows of the early I 2000s? There, there's, a, there's a bunch of them, and they were really good. Center 4. Mm, was Tendo Sisters? No, Tendo Sisters was way, way. Tendo Sisters was the 2010 version, right? So early 90s, early 2000s, early 2010s, we had Hostel, Deception. Yeah. That's when, you know, the film industry went crazy again. Yeah, yeah. Five at home. This is the next one now. It has started. With Luke Manali. Who else is Luke there? Manali, <laughs> DSTV. Yeah, I I think this is, for me, this is the most comfortable I've been in the film industry. It is no longer Kuyia. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the, the project I'm on, Prestige. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to walk to the bank and find my money in the account on the 27th. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a retainer. I see, I see. So I don't have to worry about a retainer that pays my rent, my water bill, my electricity, buys clothes, you know, mm. condoms. The basics. <laughs> and it can stock up my fridge and stuff. And that's just one thing I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So film right now is actually in a very, very good place. It's it's for maintaining and growing. Lookman, of course. Yeah, Lookman. If you can put Lookman and DSTV side by side, you know how big the guy is. He has yeah. done his job. So props to the Navisos who are doing their productions. Uh, props to Nathan Magola for, for Prestige. Uh, Dillman, I think. Dillman. Uh, there's a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. executive producers who need their due recognition. Quality-wise, um, we are going to struggle with that a bit. Because people are putting out 100, 200, 260 episodes per season. And these episodes are airing five days a week. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you have to work really fast yeah, to yeah. get a good product out. All I ask people is, be objective in your criticisms of Ugandan film, for example. I don't like this thing Ugandans do where <laughs> someone goes on Facebook and says, I didn't like episode one of Beneath the Lies. The sound... 
ah was bad you know i, I just didn't enjoy the show then uh, the next the next 10 comments are okay even me i'm not going to watch it mm, you've seen mm, that thing mm, i see i see please yeah. stop doing that because it's i see so, it, so that, it, it kills it for you. We, we had the same issue with, with our podcast. So we've struggled mm. significantly with the sound. Uh, I mm. think if you... We are now, I think, 40 episodes in. This is bougie, man. This yeah, is very we, bougie. This is now a, very high, a, a big step forward. But we've struggled a lot with, mm. with the sound. And yeah, some of the comments, we, we at some point had to censor some of, of YouTube. Some guy would come and say... Uh, this episode I try I tuned in the sound is shit I just stopped, and then you see like it, it's getting more than ten likes. You're like this one we have to just censor it <laughs> because it's discouraging. Yeah, like mm. it's obviously uh, correct criticism. It's it's, it's it's a fact. People click the video and then go to the comments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As the video plays. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when the person sees. Uh, even if someone is willing to give the content a second shot, but when he sees someone who's as frustrated as him, he's like, bias. Ah, we are many. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes away, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. But so, yeah, but grow, grow. Yeah, true, mm. true. But so, so yeah, back to, to the film, right? Mm. So, uh, again, uh, mostly you, the audience is not a professional critic, right? So the audience that, is not a professional yeah. critic, but they are very well entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. And mo- most of them don't know what it is that bothers them to be fair okay okay they are not professional critics someone's going to tell you uh, yeah okay yeah the, the movie was eh. but what he's actually saying is i liked the story yeah but the cinematography was off exactly. but they don't know yeah, exactly. the word yeah, cinematography yeah yeah, yeah. they yeah. don't have the and they don't even know sometimes you don't even know that it's the frame that I that just didn't make sense. You know, the yes. frame seems odd, but you don't know that this is a, an issue with the framing, right? Yeah, like I'm watching a scene on TV and uh, it's a conversation between a man and a woman, right? One of the Ugandan productions. And she has a flashback. Mm-hmm. So they cut to her close-up. We have a look of doubt on her face. Then they, we cut to her flashback. And the flashback is a conversation between her and another guy, right? They talk, they talk, they talk. But then when we come back to this other shot... To, to this scene we are in between her and this dude, it comes back from his shot. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now we are confused about yeah, yeah. whose flashback, flashback it was. It I mean, I, I, I saw a look that the lady I was watching it with was like, there's that brief moment, but she didn't know how to package it. I knew exactly what was going on. but So people, audiences are not stupid. They, yeah, yeah, no, no. People I, have I, keen I eyes, they're I very observant. And like I said, they want to participate. Yeah, they want to, but they don't know the right words. Yeah, and, to and isn't it, it isn't it like uh, what? So the big part of Hollywood mm. is the criticism culture as well. You know mm-hmm. the reviews and criticism. So before mm. your movie goes to to the theaters, uh, you give it to a few special. Um, organize, you give it to New York Times. You mm. know, and those guys look at it. The, the pros look at it, and R- they make criticism. Tomatoes. Yeah, mm. before, yeah, exactly. Rotten Tomatoes usually actually they 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 sort of collect all the criticisms, but like these actual, the writers, the, oh, yeah, the, the, the professional Times, critics, yeah, exactly. yes. yeah, those guys, they, they, they criticize, and maybe that's what's missing in our industry as well, you know, if, for example. Yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, we don't have the most objective film critics. I mean, I like Serugo. Yeah, I like, like Serugo. So, he has his moments, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, Moses is a very objective critic. Yeah, yeah. You know, Facebook fights aside, because you know sometimes he fights on Facebook and things. I think Raf Sanjan was also a very good one. No, not just in film, but generally mm-hmm. being objective about something. Uh, I, those, Please, those uh, are Timothy. Was was it? 
Okay, we don't have people who speciali- specialize in critique of film mm. alone. We have new things coming up like film buffs. Is it film buffs? I don't think I've. Net Studios has something running. Okay. Where they critique. Oh. Yeah. But that's international stuff, is it? Do they do local stuff? They and that's the other problem. A lot of us are not focusing on our local content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also because it's not that easy to access. But I'm True. sure if you walked up to the Nawisos or Matt Bish or which Dilman Dilla, uh, Davidson Mugume, Lucky Laura, all of these filmmakers, Pamela Kerieko, and asked them for their stuff, even Lukman, yeah, and yeah. just ask them for the content. The, the, I, I am very sure they would be more than happy to let you watch it. Yeah. yeah so, so Because two, that's two, one of the ways we're going to promote the industry. Two, two things for mm. me, I thought, right? The first thing is the culture of reading and writing, right? It's, yes. uh, it's not big in Uganda, and I'm not trying to be the guy who's going to change that. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is there are alternatives, right? Mm. Uh, and what, you, what we talked about before... Uh, before the, the the podcast started, uh, you talked about your. I don't know if you you're comfortable sharing your big podcast idea, or people will steal it. Oh, aye, aye. theft is real, well, but will it's, it's it's just objective critiques. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, so so what I'm mm. saying is, you know, that other version, right? Which is like you 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 you're adding film crit, you're adding you're, you're adding that layer of film criticism. Yeah. But it's objective, right? So you you go and tell uh, Lukman, mm. give me sixteen rounds. And I watch it before you release it, mm-hmm. and then you sort of release your podcast. You know, spoiler free. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, which well, of course doesn't have yeah. spoilers, right? You release your podcast that has a trailer. You know, that has yeah. a trailer that's about this is Lukman's film that's coming up, and mm. people who are not able to, to to sort of who don't have the culture of like sitting down to read a whole essay of you know your review your 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 review of 16 rounds mm. can listen you know and again you're comedian so you can put in a few jokes to sort of keep <laughs> the people's attention right yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and that's that's like uh in my opinion that is a dimension mm. we can add to the film industry that you know makes for quality film also the, the thing is if say the guy you said was frustrated about uh, say a frame or the flashback right mm. if that person just doesn't know he he knows he liked the film but there's something that was off about it yes if now you who knows the flashback art comes and says ah this flashback was gotten wrong yes and she reads it mm-hmm. the rest of the movie will first of all get together that thing that was wrong has now she now can't put a label on it exactly. so everything else makes sense yeah right? it's like if you watched rolex uh, right this one yeah yeah, yeah yeah i watched rolex i enjoyed it yeah it i enjoyed good. it i feel it, it wasn't the most original story but it was a good one yeah and it, the, the whole the, the theme went round the, the rolex yeah, yeah. was at the very beginning yeah yeah and it was the end of the movie the sound was amazing because Swang's Avenue. Yeah, yeah. The, the casting quality was dope. On point. Was My dope. problem was the lighting. Oh, I see. Okay. You get <laughs> a few scenes. Where, uh, uh, I mean, they're meant to be dark, it? but like the, the, the scene where they're breaking into the house. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see, yeah, I see, it I see, was I see. very poorly lit, especially the compound. Now, if we started critiquing movies like that instead of saying, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you get, you're just saying, like, I don't want. And then, then there's the Ugandan movies are trash category of people who have a very comfortable opinion based on uh, pure ignorance, we need to start consuming our own products yeah. if, if we are going to save this. I mean, you, you, you've seen they're now taxing people flying out. <laughs> yeah. Let's give them another tax base <laughs> that can true, actually, true, true. you know. That because, makes sense. Yeah, you know, that, that can make sense. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So me, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. I'm all for, I want people to start you know, having like proper, proper, proper conversations because i think most of the time we don't most of the time we have arguments 
and yes we love violence yeah. i i can't stand twitter i can't i i am there <laughs> but half the time i i, I check hilary bamulinde robert kabushenga yeah. comrade otoa dr magichi gozi you know people in film dstv that's the stuff because every time i come on to young twitter there's yeah, just violence it and it. yeah it's just violence and i i wish we could learn how to step away from that and just have productive conversations people are I see, angry I see, I see. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they're looking true, out for true, people true. to take it out on but people also need to learn how to heal yeah and i keep telling people about healing and for me personally one of the things i i one of the things that has made my life fairly easier now growing up is i've learned that never support anything any movement mm. any ideology that doesn't preach healing okay don't so you're the mandela Gandhi, I I, mean, I am the Mandela Gandhi type. I understand people get angry, yeah, but yeah. Uh, at some point you have to learn how to, you know, yeah, exactly. deal with it and move. You can't be powered by anger full time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can't true, be true, 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 true. powered by hatred. All those things have never built anything. They've destroyed a lot of things. Yeah. It's like let, let me give you an example. You've heard of the Hadron Collider? Yeah, yeah, the the, the one at Sun. Particle accelerator yeah, machine yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. designed to basically recreate the Big Bang. Yeah. I don't know how they expect it to go. <laughs> okay, you think it's going to create a, an alternative universe? We were lucky with the first Big Bang, where they said an explosion uh, created uh, a universe, uh, right? Uh, uh, but how many explosions have you seen create things since then? When have you ever seen, oh, a bomb uh, went off in Baghdad and a new skyscraper popped up? I see, I see. You get my point. It it, it destroys things. I'm not using the Hadron Collider as an analogy of hate. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. explosions yeah, I see, I see. don't create good things, but they destroy things. Yeah. So it, it's always important to know what what kind of movement you're in. Of, yeah. mm. where, where is it going? What is their plan? And how do they do things? How do they talk to people? How do they treat people who disagree? Mm-hmm. For me, that's very important. We don't have to agree. We, we can... But we can part amicably. Yeah, we we'll even yeah. share a drink afterwards. Yeah, this yeah. No, this thing of I block everyone who challenges my opinion. Oh my! That that's that that kind yeah. of stuff needs to stop. So, for me, that's where I'm coming. I love my peace. I love my peace. I enjoy my privacy. I could I could travel to the moon and come back quietly, <laughs> as long as the rocket has a silencer. That's the kind of person I've become. It works for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So again, mm-hmm. uh, I want to go back a little bit into film, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you make a good a good point that our criticism, uh, you know, can be can be the thing that kills film, but it also can be the things that they can be the thing that makes it grow, right? Mm-hmm. But also, say acting where you're strong at, right? You know, how do you judge act? And and this is thing, I, and uh-huh. I don't know. Okay, now for me, I don't know whether. I blame the casting mm. or I blame the actors, mm. right? But I've seen some movies where I understand the story. And, and, and I'm a screenwriter as well. So mm. I've read some people's scripts before they, they make them, right? Yeah. But maybe I haven't been able to commit to like be on set and stuff like that. But I read the story and I'm like, yeah, you know, this could work. You know, this isn't the best script ever, but this is good, mm. right? Go, go on and shoot it. And then I see the actress reading a line that I read before. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how can the, the director let you get away with this, right? Like, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm wondering, you know, how do you assess the, the uh, art of performance, you know, scripted performance, acting? Well, to, to be fair, it, it has improved a lot. Okay. It has improved a lot. Uh, 
I I have to give props to the industry for where it is now. I won't lie, we rely heavily on typecasting. Mm-hmm. We yeah, rely yeah, very true, heavily true, true, true. on typecasting because the industry is young. Number yeah. one, we don't have that many extraordinary Diverse actors. actors you yeah. get like actors that we would say, yeah. what? Who switches roles easily? Johnny Depp has been stuck in weird for a very long time. Uh, let's say someone like Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's who, the name of my... You, you, if, if you looked at her in Monster, yeah. then you looked at her in Mad Max Fury Road, then you looked at her in Italian Job. Three totally different people. Yeah, yeah. Same woman. The art of getting into different characters. We have Mike Wawio yeah. Jr. Yeah. for that. That that <laughs> man. Wawio, that guy is my hobby by the way. Yes, that guy has lost weight for role. He, he, he gets into character like a problem. He lost weight uh, to play a cancer role. I think it took its toll on him <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, wow. But there's only a few actors that can do that. And we don't have the time to test. We don't have the time to test them out. So it's the reason why we keep bringing in the same actors. Because mm-hmm. you're like, look, the the training is lacking. So Savannah Moon, uh, Ava Juliet Productions. Mm-hmm. I think even Maisha Film Lab. Yeah. Um, even Matt Bish and the Nawisos. They provided training for actors. But still, you can't cast them in lead roles. Yeah, but even when I was at Maisha, I, you know, I did that Maisha thing, but the focus again wasn't mostly the actors, right? Mm-hmm. The focus was everyone else who does the film, film in apart general. from the actors. Yeah, and, and I feel like that is, that is missing. It's, uh, the story is important. Yes. But that canvas, you know, where the guy who performs that mm. role, you know, you can write, writing a novel, you can write about the angry father, and the person reading your novel mm. will feel the anger of that father. Yes. But in a movie, because the person who's watching the movie hasn't read the script, if the actor doesn't pull off that angry father, people will never know that the father was actually well-written, mm-hmm. you know, or well-envisioned by the director. Yeah. But that, that, that sort of thing is... For me, I feel like it's missing a lot in what? Ugandan film. Yeah, in Ugandan mm. film, the, we, we don't have, say, a school when it's dedication. is. Oh. Dedicated acting, to acting, yes. No, but that's uh, besides Maisha Film Lab. That, that's what all these other production houses did. They oh, focused okay. on the acting. Oh, oh okay. Uh, Nana Kaga brought in what were they? Where were they from? Some guys from Los Angeles. Mm. This is 2018, I think, uh, to run a film class. It was just yeah. one day. Even Kansime attended. Lucy Smize is Smize. There were some really big names in the industry who went to attend because it was a proper proper. Free of charge, by the way. Just mm. show up at yeah, Savannah yeah. Moon, register your name. So there's been an effort to train actors and stuff. But mostly we rely on typecasting because there's a squad of people we can trust. And also for for older and younger roles, there's a shortage. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have enough veterans and newbies. Most of us are the in-between. 20s, 30s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe early 40s. Yeah. But 50s onwards. We have... Uh, Aunt Jewa, Aunt Kaya, Mike, Mike Wawio Sr., yeah, yeah. Andrew Benon Chivuka, who else? Ah, and, and what's her name? I keep forgetting her name. Okay, I, there's a, um, my memory yeah, is so, But I, I, mm. I know, but I know the that you're talking about. Yeah. We also have the same crisis. We don't have enough like child actors. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, I see. It, but it, it's a growing industry. It's growing and also to the actors, you're going to keep getting typecast until you decide to switch up the role. You're going to be stuck ah, until yeah, until you yeah. So so yes, that's what I had to make a conscious effort to stop being mm-hmm. the comedian. I see because so, everybody was taking me for that yeah. as a, after yeah. I did the Airtel the Zane ad as yeah. the Luo guy. 
Then I did the hostel as well, Dodge. Every role after that was, we need the accent. Yeah, we need the funny guy. We need the funny guy. So I had to step (laughs) out of it because I know what I went through with Dodge. It was a year and a half of getting that character out of my system because I'd invested so much of him into the show. Then they killed him. What people don't know is I mourned the death of a person, but I didn't know I was mourning. So, you know, I just sort of Mm -hmm. slipped into a dark place without even realizing it. But you have to make a conscious decision to step out of your roles. Because I, I, I received very many scripts after that. I want you to do this with Akite as they not no. I want you to do this with so and so as they not no. Like just, you, ha- you have to step out of the character. So when they gave me Paul Mukasa in Beneath the Lies 2014, I was like, finally, that one is, I can be something uh, different. Like, I, I can be a quiet character who is a bit weird. Personally, I don't think I killed that role. As very mentally absent. I hadn't come back yet <laughs> mentally, but it was a good opportunity to, you know, exercise. Diversify as well. Yeah. Yes, diversify. So now I'm cast as Steve or Tim, who is a basically an, a financial analyst, ah. wealth and assets manager. He's a nerdy guy. Yeah. yeah. Wears specs, wears suits all the time, yeah, yeah. speaks calmly, not a humor bone in his body he's <laughs> just and a lot of people have told me you guy we struggled we were waiting for the jokes <laughs> we were yeah, waiting for the punchlines yeah, yeah, yeah. we we're waiting for you to say something stupid we we're waiting for the accent to change i'm glad i don't have changed the accent because that accent stuck the one for dodge i was in character for so long every time they said action the accent would change so when i left the hostel i'd be sitting somewhere like this interview right yeah, yeah. before he calls action we're having a normal conversation. So after this, we're going to go to the bar and grab a drink, like chill out, you know, just catch a pint, discuss business, talk about that podcast we had planned to do. Action now, what I'm saying is that you have to do this thing like this. Like you just flip. But I have to warn anyone planning to join film. It's it's an investment. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to charge you money. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not supposed to charge you money for auditions, by the way. If people don't know this, they should know now. Not supposed to charge you money for auditions. It's an emotional investment. It is going to take you places you didn't want to go. Yeah, no, true, true. Because there are scenes that will require you to do something. And by the time someone has cast you in that role, they expect you to be able to execute accordingly. I did a movie called Heaven Sounds Boring. Short film with Patience Nito Gwensiga. I can't believe how I forgot Patience out of the list of good directors. Mm. But so I work with her on the project. And I'm, I'm a father to a dying child. And there's a scene that needed me to cry. No, you know us, man. We are the hardy guy. Yeah, 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 Cry yeah, for yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Turn up, turn down for what? No tears, man. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to find a way to pull it off. So I had to go into my head and look into one of my deepest fears. Oh, I see. I thought you got onions. But... No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ruin my breath in the process. You know, like, I wanted to cry, yeah. but I didn't want to have bad breath after that. <laughs> and I, I went to one of the people I love the most in this world, my nephew. Mm-hmm. It's called Ethan. He's, he's, he's a bit of a dick sometimes, but I love him. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a good kid. I yeah. just, yeah. he's stubborn. And I, I killed him in my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because that's that's the closest I come to being a parent. Uh, uh, I see, I see. I'm his godfather. He's yeah, my yeah. nephew. Yeah, yeah. My sister's son. He's like a child to me. So I had to, to in that, my to mind, to that so I put his face on the kid 
I see, I see, I see. And the scene went quite well. I, I, the movie aired on YouTube. It was for, Sun, I think, Sundance Film Festival, one of those. No, Galabi Short Film Festival. Mm-hmm. They are yet to re-upload. And yeah, people loved it. My sister told it was so moving. My nephew was like, I could have done better. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for like three months, my tear ducts were just loose. I couldn't control tears anymore. I had tapped into a place that us yeah, guys yeah, never yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We never go. I tapped into a place of vulnerability and now I couldn't close the tap. So I'm stuck there, crying over small things. Kill a mosquito. <laughs> it probably had a life and wife yeah. and children at home. <laughs> Why? Like you're just emotion. Things that never used to move you. Those yeah. YouTube videos of random acts of kindness. You find a tear flowing down. Now it's confusing as a man because you're like, why? Yeah, and it becomes embarrassing if it happens in public. Yes, <laughs> because very embarrassing. Like, so, these people are going to think I'm a sad person. Yeah, so <laughs> I had to go back to again learning how to not cry. But now I've unlocked a side of me that it's easier to access. Mm. So pulling off the crying scenes, emotion, yeah, heart is a lot simpler now. It's a growth process, but you're going to break and rebuild yourself over and over and that's what acting is yes that's what acting is especially if you're going to take on a diversity of roles yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I see. If there's a side of you that has to die because there's a time when i couldn't pull off a serious role i had to throw in a Gimmick, joke yeah, yeah, somewhere but now i am very comfortable being the guy who sits cross-legged and delivers business information with a straight face i, see I may bust out laughing after the scene is done i may throw a stupid joke when they yell cut but yeah. serious on tv so it's a journey. I see. The other conversation is about uh, content. Mm-hmm. No, rather, yeah, yeah. So quantity versus quality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I know Hostel had like a billion episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a hundred per, a hundred, ninety-nine per season. Yeah, ninety-nine. Uh, by yeah. the way, Kennedy, uh, Kennedy directed a little, some letter halves of, of Hostel. Kennedy is a good friend of mine. Kennedy Kihire. Kihire, yeah. He he came in after. I think it was season so, three after I had left. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so he was telling me like what that meant right mm. so we we have i think we are working on something together as well but we, we were talking about what it meant to to do hostel mm. having to shoot almost a new episode every day and you know what that meant like <laughs> uh, you know like the things you have to compromise as an artist yes you know just so you can produce the business part of it yes you know, and that is the conversation we're having and i'm wondering you know mm. like you've been through this and i'm thinking hostel is not on a show right it's not a standalone many shows that make money that aim to make money at least yeah. have to produce at that rate Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, sort of what's your what's your opinion on this? Okay, I will, personally I've never agreed with I know I've never agreed with the 100 episode formula. Mm-hmm. Never been a fan of it because I I believe if if you made 13 solid episodes per season you you would have a very good show yeah. with a solid story. But uh usually we end up doing what animes do. Mm, yeah. Filler episodes, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, a random yes. filler episodes that's just there yeah, to yeah, yeah. By time and what you can't the quality is hard to maintain it's, it's very hard because every every screw up leads to a backlog <laughs> which is going to cause another problem it's it, it's it's a high pressure situation and believe me just pulling it off alone i give props I give props guys, yeah, no, yeah true, to the true. guys of the hostel for pulling it off to the navisos to nathan magola with prestige i give props it it tires people out though yeah. people get exhausted the writers especially you know it, they know that and in all of these things i've been in you're always just a few episodes away from transmission 
from broadcast i mean mm-hmm. so it's a constant race yeah, it's yeah, yeah. we That's have to yeah. stay ahead so it's a very high pressure situation i mean the, the formula has worked in kenya does worked in kenya but kenya is also a far more developed film industry than we are yeah, true, true, true. though i take it um here is how i'm learning how to look at it because i told me it's, it's always one thing after another i'm learning to look at it as a stress test of sorts it's like how in comedy we used to have to perform weekly for the same audience mm-hmm. every week yeah. you had to write new material it's high pressure right but it builds you for uh, tougher I situations I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like i say i may not agree with it but it has its perks it's uh it's putting pressure on us to be more productive Mm-hmm. to strive for more it's, to write more uh, it, it's like what? exercising more new twitter calls it suffering olympics are you saying the suffering <laughs> is inevitable <laughs> the suffering is inevitable it, 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 it's inevitable because if, if you're going to grow yeah. you have to suffer true, true, true. a bit, I agree, I agree, a bit. I agree. but i think we're going to get to a point where we catch up with it but isn't it the market so i know netflix is willing to give you good money if you have 13 really good episodes mm. right but nbs we will not even if they are all uh you know 16 rounds quality mm-hmm. right nbs still doesn't make the money if all it has is to sell ads for 13 episodes days, right yeah. yeah so for them because again their business is yes. the advertising business yeah. they don't as long as you can get 200 people well i don't know the numbers maybe 1000 ugandans mm. to look at a, a, a story filler you know for <laughs> 99 days that is more money for them mm. uh the quality is not really that important oh, yes. because, yeah so the nature of of uh, distribution yeah so mm. one thing is we wait for netflix to feel comfortable enough to buy our content that is one <laughs> way uh, the, other, the other option is we invent a way to distribute our content that allows us to be artists right mm. so then we don't have to work on the pressures of the markets i mean obviously the market you can't ignore it entirely but if you let the market decide your own artistic perspective then you're no longer an artist you become you know a manager you become mm. like one of those other guys who do everything else but art exactly yeah, yeah. look um let people make their money by the way because <laughs> i am not going to lie to you yeah. the, the only point from which i i disagree with the 100 episode epi- formula is from the quality perspective yeah it's it's hard to sustain quality but from every other angle i don't have a problem because believe me it means i get paid more <laughs> you get a sustainable project of 200 what 60 episodes a season that's about 14 months of work yeah yeah on a retainer i am not going to complain about that i'm not true, going to say true. stop it <laughs> when no I, i'm not going to i'm going to do my best yeah to deliver on my end and pray that the rest of the team has their stuff together <laughs> so that we can all it's mm-hmm. a team effort in the yeah, end yeah. so if everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing no matter how much you pile on people they they'll, they'll okay not no matter how much <laughs> you, you try you have to try to be a bit realistic but people take on the job and they know what they're doing and they do it with a passion which is one thing i love about our industry we are in the passion phase most people are doing this for the passion and the money is just a stabilizing factor mm-hmm. of i love this yeah yeah i'm also getting paid <laughs> you get it's, it's that's the vibe we're in right now we haven't yet gotten to that point where it's like if you don't have 10 million per minute i'm not coming on to even read your script we haven't yet one day we will i see eventually I see. Yeah. and uh, i will try not to be that guy <laughs> 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 but already we're at a point where we have casts that we don't audition 
there are people you just call. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, true. Because we 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 are building our next generation of legends, and I'm happy to be a part of this journey right now. Because I'll, I'll be sitting home 20, 30 years from now, looking back like, well, this is us. being being a kid on set. Yeah, yeah. it I, is fun though. I see. Yeah, yeah, no, true, true, true. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I think this is a very good conversation. But before we we like wrap up, I wanted to understand, you know, mm. Omar Daniel. What is the story behind this man? You know, what inspires you to become a comedian? <laughs> what inspires you to get into acting? You know, what is the story behind you know school and all that? I want to hear the story from the beginning, as you remember it. Ah, let me see. As as supposed to be called Melchizedek. Melchizedek. That's the name my dad had suggested. As the first kid born after born after my parents became born again Christians. Ah, I see. So every yeah. <laughs> religious ideology. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So Melchizedek means high priest, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, but my mom disagreed with the name. And thank you, mom. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> you can't be called Omara Melchizedek Pikuyuli. I already have a complex family name. I think it's part of the reason I'm not married yet. Women just look at me like, I can't be Mrs. Pikuyuli. What the? Why? Why though? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I come from a family, very Christian. Yeah family also very traditional african and my dad is a scientist so he's a born again scientist how does that work um essentially he's like an indian vampire <laughs> you know how rare they are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because too much garlic so <laughs> you rarely find that those opposites combining <laughs> and and what what does it do in science what specifically does he was a teacher Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you see how uh, you, we go yeah, through yeah, circle, yeah, yeah. how I ended up becoming a teacher yeah. of literature and arts, a teacher of sciences. I, I like the family philosophy because it's, it's about balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a born-again traditional African scientist, but pick the best of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. True, that, that's true. the kind of life I was raised in. Pick the best of everything. Pick... There's no no ideology is perfect, so just pick the most of everything. And I just grew up with that mentality. I used to draw stickmen in school. I liked comic books. Yeah, I'd always had an idea. They told me I was wasting time. Look at me now, ma'am. But <laughs> the part I love about my family is they were very supportive. Mm-hmm. I fought with my dad a bit over the comedy thing because uh, it, it was supposed to be a choice between yeah, a duke yeah. and a comedy. Okay, teaching and comedy. And I was like, I am not going <laughs> back to class. You know what my greatest fear was what is about that? being a teacher? What's that? Meeting a younger Omara. Ah, I see, I see. <laughs> no, because I know the pain in the ass yeah, I was yeah, to yeah. teachers in uh, high school. Around, yeah, yeah, yeah so. I wasn't rowdy. I was just a stubborn kid. I used to ask questions. And I used to, I used to keep, I used to store memories. I'm that kid who used to keep mm. vendettas against teachers. Like a teacher in P1 gave me a question and, and, and said, three minus one equals, I raised my hand, two. Guys, like, well done. I asked the teacher, what is one minus three? He says, no, it is impossible. I meet the same teacher now in P4 and he's teaching me about integers. With negative one, I'm like, boss. Yeah. I was like, Mark Morrison, you lied to me. <laughs> you li- it, it was personal. I was hurt. That you couldn't have just told me the truth. So I, I have always been that person. Just question things. Uh, became a teacher. When I joined comedy, I decided I am going in to teach as much as I can. Even with my style of comedy. I've always been a fan of Chris Rock. Of all the comedians. I mean, I love Dave Chappelle. But Chris Rock is like 
Yeah, my yeah, guy. Yeah, Aisha. Chris Rock is the guy I grew up watching. And from the time I saw him in Lethal Weapon three, two, where he delivers this line, there's a container full of dead Chinese, and they've come to investigate. <laughs> and he's standing there, and they're asking him questions. And the guy's like, "I mean, look at this." As if we don't have enough violence in America, but now we are importing victims. I <laughs> and I was really young, but I I saw the line and I was like, yeah. I like this guy. Then his voice and his delivery, yeah, his and the fact that unique. he will make you laugh about something, he will help you understand something, and then make you laugh about it. I didn't know anything about American Congress, but I, I would watch Chris Rock specials mm. and get what he was talking about and where he was coming from. So I structured my sets around that. Always have some knowledge to drop. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Right? Like if you get on stage and say five reasons why I think women en- enjoy sex more than men, and you start giving your five reasons, and of course one of them is stick your ear in your finger. Your finger in your ear, sorry. Yeah. Move it around gently. Tell me what feels better, the finger or the ear. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a sort of... <laughs> And you make the audience participate <laughs> so that they yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was always about uh, delivering a message or an idea, but while making it funny. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do this because I love it, man. I, I enjoy this stuff. This is this is bare for me. I, I don't see myself stepping back into a classroom, but I've used that knowledge to train comedians. I see. And I see. it's been a fun journey, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that sounds interesting. That's. Uh... Yeah, I think that's a wrap for us. You know. <laughs> thank you very much for coming. This has been a very good conversation. It has. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And I think I'll definitely have you on some other time. So we can, let's first wait for some controversies to come up and then we bring you to. <laughs> no, I would to love be. to. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I, pardon me, I'm used to talking to myself. No, so no. this this uh, no no no. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was I was following a lot. I think yeah. that's also so the nature of the podcast. We we're going where we want. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure.